Amen. Is everybody awake? Yeah. All right. Good deal. I might have to come down there and join you guys today. Keep everybody stirred up. It's good to stir things up once in a while. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, something we, we learn uh, about Christianity, if you've been a Christian very long, now nah, let, me, let me back up. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. If you have been a committed follower of Christ very long, you will realize that Christianity is not for sissies. Oh, is that politically correct, sissies? It's probably not, is it? It used to be. It used to be okay. All right, I'll rephrase that. If you are a committed follower of Christ, it's not for the weak of hearts. You know, it takes commitment to be a committed follower of Christ. It takes heart. It takes courage. And it takes faith. And we really have, I'm just going to share just for a minute before I get into my sermon. You know, we really have a decision to make literally every day. And I think that's why the scriptures tell us, you know, choose this day who you will serve. Because every day when we wake up, you know, unless being a pastor is different than everybody else, every day I have a choice to make whether, you know, what will be my focus and will I spend time in the word and will I spend time in prayer. But not only that, it's a commitment every day that I don't do things the way I did prior to receiving Christ. See, everything is different when we go on from being a child of wrath or a child of judgment to being a child of God. Everything changes. And I really think one of the biggest problems that we see in the, in the church globally today is that we want to be a child of God and we want to, you know, we want to make heaven our home, but we don't want to change how we do things. Because we're comfortable with them, we, you know, we're, uh, we know, we're used to them, just like the children of Israel. You know, God was, he was trying to lead them to the promised land. He is trying to lead them out of bondage. But, you know, they just got just a, just a few miles down the road, and, and they didn't want to go there no more. They wanted to go back to that bondage. You know, not realizing what they were giving up, and not realizing what they were actually choosing over the blessings of God. And it's, and it's very important, especially this time of year, that we refocus and rethink about the direction that our lives have went in the last year, and specifically where we want our lives to go in the next year. It's very important. You know, if, if we just keep on going the same direction, we'll get the same results. If we continue to make the same decisions, we'll continue to get the same results. And so, so I want to encourage you that especially through this Christmas time and, and uh, the celebration of our Lord and Savior, why use this time to, to think and to meditate on the direction that your life's going. You know, and, I, and just ask yourself, and I'm not, and I, I'm not meaning to, I'm not trying to judge you or, or condemn you by any stretch of the imagination. What, what, I, what I just want you to do, I want to make sure 
that when, when you get in your older years, when you get old, whatever that is, when you get there, you'll look back and you won't have any regrets. That when you look back, you won't say, oh, I should have done this, I should have done this, I should have done all those different things. And I just want to encourage you to, to think about, is your life going the direction that you would have it go? And even more importantly, the direction that God would have it go. So I want to talk to you this morning about eternal kingdoms. And that we are born into the best of the two eternal kingdoms. If you're a born-again child of God, why, why you, the Bible says that we're transferred from, like I said earlier, just from being a child of wrath, a child of judgment, a child of sin, into being a child of God, a child of blessing, a child of grace, a child of mercy. So, and each and every one of us, we're going to end up in one of those, one of two eternal kingdoms. Either the eternal kingdom of God or the eternal kingdom of complete separation from God. You might even say an eternal kingdom of the devil because the Bible does say in, in 2 Corinthians that, he, that the devil is the God of this world. Little g, God of this world. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke 5, Luke 5, 1. And I want you to see today that there is a kingdom that we want to be a part of. And there's another kingdom that we don't want to be a part of. And each and every day, we choose which kingdom we're going to navigate in. Each and every day. We choose. I know people, I've done it myself, that one, that one day, one week, one month... I will navigate in the kingdom of God, in his truths, in his blessings, and then other times I will make mistakes. And I will navigate in the kingdom of darkness, just like everybody else. Now, thank God, the closer, the more word we get inside of us and the stronger we get in our faith, glory to God, thank the Lord for his grace and his mercy. Those days can be far and few between. Glory to God. Amen. But I want to show you that, that God wants us to be and navigate in his kingdom, not of this world, not of the confusion and the heartache and the turmoil of this world, but in his kingdom. If you've got your Bibles, Luke 5.1. I'm going to read down here just a little ways. Follow, follow along with me if you've got your Bibles, Luke 5.1. And it says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake Genesara, which is actually the Sea of Galilee also, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the water, but their fishermen had gotten out of them and they were wash, washing their nets. So basically the fishermen, they had, they had been on the sea and they, they was fishing and they was washing their nets. So their, their boats were sitting there idle. And, and he, talking about Jesus, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked them to put it out a little ways from the land. And he sat down and began to teaching the people from the boat. 
And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they had enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled for their partners and their, uh, the other boat to come and join them and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. In verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw that it was he, he fell at the feet of Jesus saying, go away from me for I am a sinful man. Let, let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do worship you today, Father. I just pray, Father, that, that your word will penetrate hearts and minds today. I pray, Father, that your presence will be here today so strong that people will not see me, but they'll see you. They'll not hear my words, but they'll hear your words. And I pray for every heart and every mind to be open in Jesus' name. Now, now we see here a, a, a very interesting thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to this scripture here in just a moment, but... Uh, we see that Jesus was needing help, right? Jesus was needing help. He was needing help blessing people. He was needing help to share the gospel, right? But you know, he wasn't the only one that was needing help. Here, here Peter says, he says, we've fished all night and we haven't caught nothing. And you know, and, and this was Peter's income. That's what, that's what he was. He was a fisherman. So Jesus was needing help. Although we all know he could have walked on water, right? He, he could have just, he just could have bypassed the boat and walked on the water and preached from there, right? Sure he could have. We know that. But Peter was needing help also, Right? So, so it's important for us to understand that Jesus is concerned with our needs. Here we see that, that Peter needed, he, you know, his, he didn't catch nothing that night, that his, his, boat was, his boat was empty. But we also see that the multitude was needing fed the word of God. You see, Jesus had a reason. He was, he was proclaiming the gospel. He was changing lives. He was sharing truth. He was ministering to individuals. And I really believe that he's seen, a, he's seen an avenue. If Peter would just allow him to borrow his boat, he knew that he could feed the people the word of God, the words that he spoke, and he can also take care of Peter's needs also. And if you'll think just a minute, you know, a couple of, couple of weeks ago, we looked at the, at the feeding of the 5,000. And we've seen where Jesus asked them. He asked the disciples. He asked them. He says, well, you, he tells them, you feed them. You feed the 5,000. And of course, they, they told him, you know, we're out here in the middle of Orchardville. There's nothing open. The restaurant might be open here in a little bit. I don't know. The one restaurant that's, that's out here. But he, but, he, but he tells them, he says, you do something. He told his disciples, you do something. 
And then Jesus asked them, what do you have? And, and I made the point, it's, it's really not about what we need. Because see, God can take care of what we need. You know that, right? Whatever it is you need, God has that. All right? But what the question is, the important part is, what do you have that you'll trust God with? What will you let him have that's so dear to you? What is it the things that you put ahead of him? What is that? And see, that's why I want us to refocus at this special time of year. Because I don't care, I don't care how long you've been a born-again believer. And I don't care if you know all the, all the Christian songs, if you know them by heart. There are things that we hold back from God. And sometimes we just need to refire. Sometimes we need to rekindle. You know, we, we, have a, we got a wood stove at home. We've burnt wood for years. And every once in a while, i got to clean that stove out. You know, it gets to where it don't burn very good. And it don't get good and hot. But I found out if I'll, get a, if I'll get my shovel and I'll get that old, them old ashes out of there and I'll put new fire in there, that thing will burn hotter than you can imagine. And see, that's sometimes that's the way we are as believers. We, we, we navigate in this fallen world. We navigate in it, but we're really not in it and it gets to hanging on to us. And when it gets to hanging on to us, we get to hanging on to things too. And we get to thinking, and after a while, you know, we walk in the blessing of God, and we get to thinking, okay, God, you know, my finances are good. I, you know, I've got a home. I've got a, I got a car. I've got a job. I, you know, I'm doing pretty good. But you know what? I, that, that, that is so far from the truth because without him intervening in our lives, we could own as much as Donald Trump, and we would be as miserable as half the world is today. So see, our contentment and our happiness does not come with what we have, but also our sorrow does not come with what we don't have. I'm telling you today that God is not concerned about what you don't have. God's concerned about what you will do with what you have. How many hours you got today? He's concerned about the, the time that you spend with him. That's what he's concerned about. He's concerned about, you know, what, what you do with your finances, what you teach your children, how you portray yourself to your neighbors, the witness that you are. That's what God's concerned about. You know, also a couple weeks ago, we looked in, in, in First Kings of the widow woman. You know, in the, and it is in the middle of the drought and, and Elijah, you know, the prophet of God, you know, he was, he was needing fed and he was needing water. And God told him, just go by the brook and I'll have the, you can drink from the brook and I'll have the ravens bring you food. Sounded like a pretty good deal, didn't it? But then there was a widow woman that was down to her last bit of oil and her last bit of flour. Her and her son. And she said, she said, I'm just going to make us one last meal, and then I'm going to die. Me and my son, we're done. That's as far as she could see. So see, it wasn't about what she didn't have. It was about what she had. So then, so, so God told Elijah, he said, I have commanded a widow woman to supply for you. 
So here, here Elijah takes off and he sees the widow woman and he, and he asks her for a drink and he says, as you go, bring me a little bread too. And she says, oh no. She says, I can't do that because I'm almost out. See, she almost missed her blessing and her blessing was sitting right there in front of you. God had sent his man to supply her needs, but it wasn't, what about she did, it wasn't about what she didn't have. It was about what she had. It was about whether she would trust God. If she would trust God with that little bit of flour and that little bit of oil. That's what it was about. You know, now, now if she would have stayed in, in this world, if she would have stayed in the natural and not got, got over to God's eternal kingdom where he wants us to rule and reign at. But if she would have stayed in the natural, you know what would have happened? She would have made her son and herself the last meal. They would have ate it and they would have died. And God knew if I can just get her to supply, just trust me with that little bit that she's got, I can help her, I can supply her with what she needs. So see, it's not about what we don't have. It's about what we'll do with what we got. Will we be faithful with what we got? Will we trust him with what we have? You know, I, I've heard people say this, just kind of a side note. You know, I've, I've heard people say that, that, that they don't make enough money to tithe. But you know what's also weird? I've also heard people say that they make, oh, I, I can't pay tithe. It'd be too much. I can't pay 10%. It'd be too much money. So see, it's not about either one of them. And it's not even about tithing. It's, it's about everything. But ultimately what it's about, it's about our hearts. You see, God knew, God knew. It, it, was, it was just like uh, the rich young ruler. You know, he come to Jesus and he says, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And he had all kinds of riches and property and Jesus told him about the law and he said, yeah, I've done that and he check marked it off. Jesus said, yeah, I've done that and he checked it off. And the rich young ruler had done all of those things. But he went away sorrowful. And Jesus was sorrowful also. You know why? Because although he had kept all of these things, the one thing that Jesus really wanted was his heart. And Jesus knew and the rich young ruler knew that that was one thing he wasn't going to give up. He had all these possessions and all these worldly things and he was not about to give them up. So let's go back to the, to the widow woman just for a moment. So just like the feeding of the 5,000, what God wanted to do in both situations, he wanted his people to give him just what they had. No more, no less. It doesn't have to be the most. It doesn't have to be the best. It just has to be what you have. What you have, not what somebody else has. It's not a gift that somebody else has, but what you have. God wanted them to give it to him, and in both situations, God blessed it, fed those around them, blessed those around them, and then gave them back more than they received. And see, that's what God wants to do in every area of your life. He wants to take what you have, 
bless it, bless those around him, and then give it back to you more than what you gave. And I think it works in every area of our life. But see, that's not what this world says. This world says, you know, do unto others as they do unto you. This world says, don't forgive them, they done you wrong. In fact, if you ask people for advice, if somebody tells you, oh, you can't forgive them, they done too much, don't go to them no more. You went to the wrong place for advice. This world says, don't forgive. It says, uh, at, at what Pastor Mark, the late Pastor Mark, if he was here, he'd say, get all you can and can all you get. That's what he'd say. He'd say something, something like, uh, uh, God bless me, my four, no more. That, that's what he would say. But see, that's not, what, that's not what the kingdom of God, that's not how it works. The kingdom of God works the opposite of this world. The kingdom of God works where you forgive them seven times 70, or let me translate that for you, as many times as it takes. The kingdom of God works like if you want to receive, you got to give. If you want to be blessed, be a blessing. If you want, to, if you want friends, be a friend to somebody. It's, it's the opposite of the world that we live in. Now let's get back. I'm almost done. Stay with me just, just for another moment. Now let's get back to Luke 5 just, just for a minute here. Jesus is calling his disciples. So here it is. Jesus has a multitude following him. And he comes to the Sea of Galilee and there's people everywhere. And Jesus knows about acoustics and he knows if he can get out there on that water that they can hear him better and they can see him. But he also knows that Peter's boat is sitting there empty. In fact, they're they're just lying there. You know, and really as I was reading about this and thinking about this, it's really like some of our lives. Some of our lives are just kind of lying there dormant. Yeah, we're going through the motions and we're doing all this and we're doing all that. But when it comes to the things of God and comes to our relationship with God, sometimes we're just kind of laying there dormant. Kind of like this boat. So, so Jesus asking to put his boat out just a little bit so that he could share the gospel, the life-changing gospel to the multitudes. So, so then after Jesus had done this, he got back and, and he tells Peter, take your boat on out there. And you just know what Peter says. Peter, we, or he says, Lord, we've already done that. We've been there and done that. Has anybody here tried to tell a fisherman what to do, how to fish? <laughs> Has anybody tried that? Go up to a fisherman, a dead, a avid fisherman sometime, just say, ah, that's the wrong bait right there. You're using the wrong bait. Just see what they say. So, so here Peter was, and the Lord was telling him where his blessing was. And as I was reading this, I realized, and I'll tell you something, you know what? Jesus knows things that you don't know. You see, Peter and his bunch, they had fished all night long. And they didn't catch nothing. But Jesus said, hey, if you'll listen to me, 
And Jesus told him where the blessing was. And as they went out there, they started, now notice this also. They started filling up one bunch, and then you know what Peter done? He called for his buddies, said, hey, bring your boat too. And you know what? You know what that tells us? That if you will, if you will allow the blessings of God to be in your life, you, you'll be able to share the gospel better. You'll be able, people around you will see, hey, what, 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 he's done any smarter than I am. Why is he doing good? I knew him in high school. He's not that smart. Or I knew this. He's not that gifted. No, but it's because of the, of the blessings of God. And people will see that. People around you will see that. So here we have, we've got these two boats full. And they bring the boats back to the shore. And then, and then the scripture says that Peter realized. And I'm closing with this, but this is one of the most important points. I'm going to read verse 8 to you. Luke 5, 8. And it says, but when Simon Peter saw that he fell on his at the feet of Jesus saying, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. This is so key. He came to the realization of who Jesus was. Now, I want you to, I want you to notice what he done in verse 11. Notice this. So key right here. When they had brought their boat to the land, they left everything and followed them and followed him. So they had just had this tremendous haul. They had just had this tremendous blessing from the Lord. A blessing that they could not contain. And when they realized who Jesus was, they left it and followed Jesus. Now something they knew that many Christians don't know today. They knew who their supplier was. They knew who the Lord was. And they chose to follow him. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we worship you today and we thank you today, Father, for your word. And Father, I just pray you'll take these, these few mumbled, jumbled words that I've spoken and you'll speak to hearts and minister to hearts, Father, and let them take these truths, Father, and activate it in their hearts, activate it in their lives, Father. Father, I pray, Father, that each and every heart will be open to you this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I want to encourage you today that the Lord Jesus, most, I'll say most of, most of your Savior, see, he knows where your blessing is. He knows things that you don't know. And he wants to lead you there. Let me, let, me do, let me share an illustration that the Lord showed me years ago. And I think this is a biblically accurate illustration. You know, I think pretty much all of us would agree that heaven is full of blessings. And most importantly, love, joy, peace, kindness, grace, mercy. So here heaven is full of blessings. And the Holy Spirit is here upon this earth inside of us. And the Holy Spirit, the scripture says that, that he came to lead us and guide us. It also says to show us things to come, but that's, a, that's another sermon. But the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us. 
So see, the, the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to a place. Just like Jesus is trying to get Peter to go to a place to go out in the deep where his blessing was. So the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us and guide us to where the blessings will fall. To where your blessings will fall. To where my blessings will fall. But so much of the time, our blessings fall at a predetermined place. And it depends on whether we are allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to those places. Whether we follow our own plan or we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and bless us with God's blessing. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.